Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the party. This is episode 19 of the Great Cast, and by God, we've got a titan of a guest today. Just before we get started, if you could rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that really does help going, uh, going forward and getting the attention to the podcast. It really helps us boost up the charts as we go. If you're listening, just be that guy. I'm pretty bad for not liking or reviewing things as well, but just be that one guy that does it. That'll be great. And if you're listening, uh, if you've been listening during the lockdown, I really, really appreciate it. I know uh, trying to contend with Netflix and video games is pretty much uh, an insurmountable task, but I'm really, really happy that if anybody else is listening. Now, enough of that pitch. Today's guest is a former IPF junior world champion. He holds the largest toll in Scottish history in powerlifting. A Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner and a European white belt champion is Mr. Mark McQueen. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. No, I don't thank you very much for coming on, sir. That was a very nice intro, mate. That was... Thanks very much. So I'm trying to get better at it. I'm like, I do my research and I try and like, find accolades that people have done so I can, like... <laughs> Put it up, and I was like, try, I was playing about with different ways to say it earlier, and I was like, do I keep, do I put the weight class in there? I was like, no, nah, you're a, you're a European white belt champion, eh? Uh, yes, mate, I am, yeah, yeah, that was in there. I, uh, I didn't want to get to the different federations that were jiu-jitsu, because, like, it's similar to powerlifting, but, like, times it by four. Uh, yeah, like, basically, like, um, the federation that I, that, that I, that I won the Euros in is the, is the IBJJF. Um, oh, right, yeah. Which is basically like that's the like the the number one federation. Um, so like that's like the like when 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 it comes to like um competing in the gi and stuff like that, that's like yeah. uh, the, the the number one federation. Um, so yeah, but it's all you know all these kind of sports that are slightly smaller the same. There's so many different like federations and stuff like that to compete in, and you never really actually know you know what one to actually fucking end up in oh i know yeah it's one of those things that's similar to powerlifting it's like uh the people who get you into the sport will normally tell you where you're going to go yeah so many uh-huh. different people in scotland they go to the gpc or the ipf or they'll go to like the bdfpa or whatnot it's uh, probably just like a, a sort of nurture environment oh definitely because like if all your friends and all your like um training partners are you know competing in a certain place you're going to just kind of follow, aren't you? Exactly. Just going to go right into it. No, definitely. That's brilliant. So we'll just get you started. So, Mark, how did you get into, like, training or fitness at all? Were you always, like, a pretty natural athlete? Or uh, how was your story coming into it? Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was like a, a natural athlete. I, I boxed. Well, I played rugby up until I was, like, from a pretty young age, up until I was, like, maybe 10 um yeah. and then again just you know didn't really enjoy it wasn't what i really wanted to do so you know stopped and then i played football and i did and did boxing uh and i was you know i was pretty good um yeah. at boxing but again it wasn't really what i wanted to to do i always kind of let myself down with boxing because i, I wouldn't put in the i wouldn't put in the effort you know to be you know i wouldn't like go out running or I wouldn't do any extra training. I, w- I wasn't fit enough. Um, so although I was technically yeah. good, although I was technically good, stuff that goes on the boxing as yeah, well. I was. I was never, you know, in sh- you know, I was never fit enough or anything like that to like truly display it. So, but again, mm-hmm. the reason for that was just because it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, and then I played football, but again, like I did enjoy football, but I just kind of did it because my friends did it, and we were all in the same football team, and it was something to do. 
And then yeah. when I was when I was sixteen playing football, I actually I tore my ACL and my knee, um, so I had mm-hmm. to get like a, a full knee reconstruction. And and during that, like I one part of the kind of rehab, the kind of rehab protocol that I was given off the physio, um, like the biggest goal was to like build up the the the, the size and strength and and around the knee joint, you know. So, yeah. I'd, so I was lucky that I had a really really good physio that was you know really knowledgeable and really helpful. Yeah, and then like, and, I would and, say, folk like a good sports physio is worth their weight in gold, definitely. Yeah. So, she had me basically in the gym you know, doing different leg exercises and stuff like that to build up the, the muscles around my leg and to get my leg as strong yeah. as possible. And as a result of that, I was already in the gym, so I was just lifting weights on top of that. Uh, and just absolutely loved it, mate. Like, absolutely loved it. Like, I'd always been, like, infatuated by, like, by, by kind of size and strength. But being in the gym, it kind of just really kind of ignited that and basically just got more and more into it. And started like researching and googling and going on YouTube and just trying to kind of find like find out more about it. And then I came across a, a channel um, with a guy called Pete Rubish. Do, do you know who Pete Rubish is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so came across him and he was like training in his mum and dad's basement and just was like absolutely crazy and was like lifting crazy weights. And he did powerlifting. And I was like, well. I want to be like this guy. So I was like, right, cool, I'm yeah. going to do powerlifting. So just started like doing powerlifting training and signed up for a powerlifting competition. And kind of the rest is history, mate. Just kind of really got hooked after that. Um, and just, just you know, went absolutely all in with powerlifting. That's kind of how I got started with it all. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. A, a bit of a storied journey into powerlifting after that is pretty mad. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, uh, the, the knee was definitely a, a blessing in disguise because in hindsight, I'm not completely sure. I'm like, I wonder if I would have ended up going into like powerlifting if I had done that to my knee or if I hadn't, you know, because I'm not sure if I, if I would have ended up in the gym, you know, or if I hadn't, if I, if I didn't, you know, blow my knee and then have to go and do rehab exercises. So it's interesting how, how stuff like that works. Yeah, it's mad with stuff like that. Like I've had, I'm sure people listening as well have all had a certain thing that obviously nobody wants to injure their knee, but when it happens, in it, like where you end up, it's definitely like blessings of the skies are weird. Uh, it's like brilliant. it's like the butter it's like the butterfly effect, uh, butterfly effect, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like one thing can you know one one action can kind of change a whole se- a whole series of results. I, I absolutely. I had a similar thing where it was like I worked for Five Sports and Leisure Trust. Uh, fuck them. I talk shit about them all the time. Terrible company. But, um, <laughs> I worked for them and I was like a casual worker, so I just like done like a zero hour contract. But I actually got quite a lot of shifts. And then right, okay. the job came up, and I was like, right, I should gun for this job. I should get it. I've been here for eight months. Uh, they gave it to somebody else, and I was like, all right. But then after that, I moved to Edinburgh, and then I got a job in Edinburgh, and then just like moving out here totally changed my life as well. Yeah, aye. So that that's it. Like, like um, it's it's brilliant how stuff like that works. Like, just because something you know bad happens to you doesn't mean that it needs to define define anything. You know, it could be setting you up for for you know a much much better opportunity or or, or much better you know, life decisions further on down the road. Exactly, there's always opportunity that opens. 
Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Like that's it. Like I think it's like just not letting anyone. It's just about it's just about not letting anyone, you know, event kind of kind of define you or or like allowing it to kind of then ruin ruin future life events by you know feeling sorry for yourself or or you know just yeah just kind of feeling sorry for yourself. Exactly, brilliant way to put it. A very mature aspect from a young man. Ah, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> That's good. But so obviously coming back into the powerlifting here, um through so one of the you're the first person that I've had on that's uh, claimed a world title. Oh, right. Yeah. Um yeah, that was that was um that was a dream come true. It really was. That's madness. So tell me the story what was it like um hitting up Belarus and actually knowing that you're sort of in like the world that like you're in amongst the top juniors in the world. How did that experience feel? Um, I still don't know. Uh, I, I've, I've, I'm not. I still, I, I don't know. Almost sometimes it doesn't. It's still just sometimes. Like I try not to even really think about it too much because, like, it still kind of blows my mind. Um, to yeah. be honest, but like, uh, like. I, I don't know, like it, it, like when I say like it was a dream come true, like it, like it's, like I'm not even like downplaying it at all. Like it, it truly was, um, like a dream come true. Like, like you know, for example, like, um, the only way I can describe it to like make people like maybe understand like how much it meant to me, and like <laughs> in hindsight, it's maybe a, it's it's maybe a bit of a selfish or stupid attitude, but like if somebody said to me like. Um, at the time, like either you can not win, you you won't win the world championships, um, and won't achieve your dream, but you like live a really long life up until you're, you know, eighty, ninety, or a hundred, or you can win the world championship, but then you you die the next day. I would have been like, cool, I'll win it. Yeah, and I'll just, and I'll just die the next day. Like not even, not it's like to me, like it's not even like uh, it's not even it wouldn't, it's not, it's not even like uh. Hard decision oh, to make. Hard decision, or let me think about that. So, like, that's like the only way I can describe it of like how much it meant to me. Um, so for it to actually happen, um, and especially in the IPF, because obviously that's like the the number one, you know, federation on the yeah. planet. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's quite a quite a quite a cool achievement. Um, that whole year was 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 of of two thousand seventeen when I won the of like the other stuff that I won as well. It was, it was quite a quite a surreal year to be honest. Oh yeah, absolute madness. But well, even coming from the two thousand sixteen, I've got your open powerlifting up in front of me as well. That's why. So heading up the Scottish juniors, then the British classic juniors, the European, and the Wales and the Commonwealth. Like that's uh, a pretty damn good stretch of wins there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was really good, mate. It was really good, and it was kind of, to be honest, I remember. So, like, when I was, um, so I won my first British title at twenty years old, in the yeah. under one twenty kilo class. So, um, I remember doing that, and um, in that competition, I became. So I won the British. I won the under one twenty kilo British Championships uh, in the jun as a junior. Um, and I became the first ever junior uh, in Britain to deadlift seven hundred pounds raw, um, and then I remember going back. So that was I remember I remember, I remember that was down in um, oh the south of England somewhere. I can't remember exactly. I think it might have been Bournemouth, um, 
I think it was it Bournemouth. I think it might have been. Um, it says it just says the UK because I think yeah, they don't want I to th- recognise Bournemouth as a place. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it was Bournemouth. But I remember I remember saying to um, my dad um, after it, when like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna win IPF Worlds one day, and you know, was, and 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 I think you know he didn't like discourage it. He was just like, oh yeah, yeah, like that sounds good. Like, but I, I don't know if he believed it or not but I was like yeah I'm going to that's this is what I'm going to do I'm going to do it 100% and then that was so that was in I think like the November or some or something like that you know it was kind of later half of that year and then I went to the the Euros the following year um, and took second place but that was like you know that was like the the worst, the worst day of my life at the time, you know. Take, you know, because also I wanted to win, and I was like, if I if I can't win the Euros, how do I win the Worlds? You know, yeah. like, and then and in hindsight, like my first ever European Championships, took second place, like, you know, I got second, I got a silver medal in the squat, a silver medal in the bench, a gold medal in the deadlift, and a silver medal in the total, and you know, I was just like distraught. And in hindsight, it's you know, it's, like such a stupid reaction because that's actually like. A, a great achievement, but you know, at the time, all, 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 all yeah. I thought about was winning. You know, anything else was, you know, yeah, you know, it's second, like, second may as well have been last. Yeah, that's how like the competitive spirit is, though, especially when you're at your level and you've already got so much success. Like second place would feel like shit. Yeah, um, always. It's almost like you would discourage that uh, attitude towards any one of your lifters or clients, but if you're yourself, who's obviously got a pedigree where you could be world champion, you would understand that and you'd be like, yeah, they'll be pissed off. Yeah. Um, so then I uh, came back and changed a few things, nothing major, just like a few things that I thought I could I could change in my training and, and my recovery and stuff to help improve. And then I went to the Worlds um, and... Um, went went to the world and you know had the you know best performance of my life, um, and I squatted seven hundred pounds, which then beca- made me become the first junior to squat seven hundred pounds raw. So that was quite cool that I was the first junior to squat and deadlift seven hundred pounds raw. Um, and then I came fifth at that. Um, <laughs> but like I was less annoyed at that than I was at the, the Euros because they are like I had an absolute blinder. Um, nailed every single lift and like literally like just had like a perfect day the four people in front of me the four people in front of me were just were just better the you know that there's there's no other way to put it like they were just better than me um they were stronger and they were in the the u.s as well so you're gonna have a much higher caliber of competition in the u.s and they were and they were better well not necessarily because um each country only sends one lifter so like it's 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 not it doesn't matter like where the competition is like the caliber is going to be the same because each country sends like their representative and of their weight class, um, um. So then when and then basically, uh, again went and won the British to secure my spot for the following year, and then the following year that's when everything kind of started to really kind of fall into place. I felt like I was really starting to kind of mature and. Um, like really kind of come into my own and went to the the European Championships and I, you know literally I was like right this is this is where it's turned because you know I got a European record squat um and I got um a gold medal in the squat gold medal bench gold medal deadlift and gold medal total um so like you know just really really 
um, just absolutely nailed it. You know, had a great yeah. day, and then, and then I remember that that was my favourite ever. That was my best ever competition in the terms of the one I enjoyed the most because that's when I'm really starting to realise, like, holy shit, like this is going to come true. Like, I, I can do this. Um, yeah. So then going into Worlds um, in Belarus, I was seeded first. So basically, the IPF, they, you know, once each country, so like, you know, Great Britain were sending me, um, America were sending their best lifter, who was Tristan Nasalrod. Yeah. Canada was sending their best lifter, who was Jackson Spencer. Um, and I was seeded first. And I remember looking at it and just thinking, like, I remember, like, growing, like, like kind of, when I was younger, like maybe nineteen twenty, like I remember, like I was watching on YouTube Jackson Spencer. I was watching Tristan Nasalrod. Like I was watching these people, um, as like inspiration and like wow, like these people are just absolutely next level. And then like here I am going into like worlds and I'm seated first place ahead of them. And then it just went to, went to Belarus mate, and and like. It was almost too much for like for me to actually kind of take in. Do you know what I mean? Like I almost feel like yeah. I didn't really. I like it all happened and I won, and like the medal ceremony happened, and then like before I even like had a th- chance to think, I was like I flew home and I was back in my room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just so, so quick, so surreal. Yeah, that's the only way I can describe it. It was just completely surreal, mate. Like it was, it was almost just too much to too much to consume it was just too much to kind of for me to actually kind of comprehend and and like digest that's better i imagine yeah so imagine only being in the sport for a few years and actually reaching like the pinnacle of that level would be absolutely surreal yeah no it was truly was a a a a dream come true in every single sense of the word It, it truly was that's brilliant. And then after that, obviously after your stint at the US, well, the World Champions of the US, you had like a string of first place finishes in every single competition coming up to the European Classic when you were competing as an adult or as an open lifter. Um, yeah. So what happened uh, after that and after these running competitions where you competed in GPC, you competed uh, obviously at Commonwealth as well? Um, yeah. And, and you got obviously placed first in British as well. Uh, what happened after that to steer you? Were you steered away from the sport, or do you were you just looking for a new challenge? Um, yeah. So basically, um, went to the Commonwealth Commonwealth Championships and and and, and won that, and uh, actually it was quite cool as well because I won best lifter of the whole competition there. Um, yeah. And then once that year was over, I kind of I I I done a GPC competition because again where I trained um, was OBS. And uh, they were they were hosting a GPC competition, um, and it was like not in the gym, but it was like in a unit, like a cross the gym. So I was like, "Oh, cool! I'll, I'll just do that." So I did that, um, and that's where I actually broke the the my first the the the, the biggest total ever by a Scotsman um, raw um, with nine oh seven point five, and yeah. then I went to the British. Um, this this the senior British in the one twenty plus class. So I moved up a weight class. Um, was competing as a senior, uh, and that was my best competition ever. So I, that's when I squatted. I squatted three sixty five kilos, yeah. um, which put me as the first person to squat eight hundred pounds raw um, from Scotland. Uh, and then I totaled nine hundred twenty kilos, which I still believe is the biggest ever total by a by, done, like, by, one, a, yeah. by a Scotsman raw. Um, and then you know, 
went to the Euros and had a disaster. You know, just had an absolute disaster. Like I came, like a, again, I was seeded first going into that European Championships as a senior. Um, but you know, that's it's, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You know, I didn't come to fruition. I, I just had an absolute nightmare. Just you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things, and I, I don't even know. It's like any sportsman, you know, or anyone, and you just have now what you have those days where everything that can go wrong does go wrong, and there's no real reason for it. You just you just had a terrible day. That was that. Just had a terrible day, um, and then I decided that right, I really need to, you know, kind of step up um, what I'm doing, and 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 uh, and I was like, and I was like, how do I do this? I was like, because I'm already, you know, you know, literally like. You know, I don't know how I could step up anymore. So then I thought, well, I'm going to move to move down to Leeds, where um, a lot of my um, best friends were, and they were all training at a place called um, LR Strength Shed. So I was like, right, I'm going to move down there, and I'm going to train with them full time. Um, yeah. So I went down, and I think I'd known this for a long time, but um, kind of maybe just kind of buried it in my head. I didn't really want to admit it to myself, but. It just wasn't, you know, competing in powerlifting. It just really wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. You know, like I was up at 150 kilos body weight. So I mean, yeah. like I don't. It's hard to describe, but being that weight absolutely sucks. Like it is awful. Like the amount of food you have to consume, how you feel, you don't. You know, I, I want you. You don't sleep well. You just don't. You know, you just don't. You just don't feel good. Um, and you know, like I would say, like. For someone that was 150 kilos, I probably felt better than 99 percent of people that would, how you know, how they'd feel. Um, that way, yeah. But still, just it's just not nice. It's just not a nice thing to be. And it, you know, I felt like, I felt like, you know, no matter what I was going to do with powerlifting, it wasn't going to actually kind of bring me. Wasn't going to, you know, no matter what else I'd done, it wasn't going to bring me anything. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't going to give me any kind of satisfaction or um it's not going to like make me feel happier it's not going to actually provide me anything i was just like this just isn't what i want to do in my life anymore like i absolutely love powerlifting um i absolutely love the sport of powerlifting like it's given me everything like you know yeah. my full-time income um is as a result of powerlifting you know my business is as a result of powerlifting uh, all my friends you know everything i've got all my life experiences everything's a result of powerlifting i love the sport of powerlifting and i still do but just with regards to kind of competing in it, um, it just it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. Um, so just kind of, I, I think it took me kind of going down there and kind of, you know, uh, to kind of really kind of come to terms with the fact that this wasn't really what I wanted to do anymore. And I just kind of thought, wait, like, enough's enough. I'm not going to lie to myself anymore and continue to kind of beat a dead horse. Yeah, especially if you're back down and you're starting to feel it because as soon as it's almost like as soon as you think about stopping the sport or retiring, that's when you should stop. And I can imagine training with the serious guys you were down at that shed, like with Luke and stuff. You'd just be like, "Oh, these guys take this so much more serious." It's, it's well, the thing was, totally yeah, the thing them. was was like they weren't taking it any more seriously. That wasn't it. like if anything, yeah. like I was, I probably was taking it. Like, you know, like with regards to like, you know, going the extra mile and yeah. doing doing what's necessary. Like nobody was doing more than I was. Like, you know, if I wasn't eating, I was sleeping. If I wasn't sleeping, I was yeah. training. If I wasn't training, I was getting physio. If I wasn't getting physio, I was 
you know, at the spa doing hot cold or doing mobility work or going in 10 minute walks. Like, wasn't like that, like not taking it serious enough. Like, if anything, yeah. like, I was taking it too seriously. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I wasn't really taking it serious. I was just like, what it meant to you compared to what it meant to other people because you were like, if you have one foot out the door, you're like, Phew. yeah, no, definitely. Like, it just, yeah. it just wasn't what I wanted to do in my life anymore. That's just the, the kind of only way I kind of, like the, the, that's just kind of the way it felt like this just isn't this isn't what I want to do in my life anymore this isn't yeah. what I, I want to do so and I just thought well I'm, there's no point in continuing to kind of lie to myself and and like as well like you know to being 150 kilos and training for you know between four and five hours a day four days a week and on my days off I'm you know I'm spending hundreds of like hundreds of pounds a month in physio and mm-hmm. you know you know, and I, you know, hundreds of pounds a month to go to a spa to do hot cold, and you know, spending hundreds of pounds a week in food and eating all that food, and you know, to really like make these commitments, um, yeah. for something that I just don't want to do in my life anymore. You know, it's it's not worth it. Like all those commitments were worth it, but when it's time, and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to compete in it anymore. That's so right. This this isn't. You know, it's not worth it anymore. Um, yeah. So I just kind of was like, yeah, cool, like enough's enough like I'm not going to I'm just going to take a step back from competing and I'm now just going to focus on coaching and just kind of that'll be my kind of role within powerlifting and so far that's kind of um, exactly what's happened yeah you're brilliant like uh, I'm envious of guys like yourself and stuff who have uh, obviously you've got like a world championship world classic sort of pedigree and that's, that attracts so much people because obviously you really know what you're talking about as well so imagine how the sport gave you everything is is really a good story and really good to see. Yeah, no, I'm 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 really lucky with um with all, with the, the 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 clients I have. They're all really they're they're all you know make my life very very easy. You know, like they're they're a credit to themselves. Why? Oh, there's nothing better than when you've got lifters that are actually just get on with it, ask the right questions, and they perform the best, and it's brilliant. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, because it's a, it's it truly is like a, um, it truly is like a, it's like a team effort, you know, because because like you know my end of the my end, I have to uphold, you know, um, you know the the the, the programming side of things, like programming's got to be on point, you know, I've got to you know properly periodize and and take care of that, I've got to provide a pro a, you know a completely non-biased non-emotional point of view yeah um you know and you know th- ha- being able to look at, at look at someone's performance and someone's and make decisions from a non a, a non-emotionally based point of view is just it's crucial you know prop you know providing proper kind of feedback um you know if, if they if they kind of want help with the nutrition proper that that's like my end of the thing i've got to uphold that but if I if I upheld all that, but on their end they weren't upheld, upholding their end, it's not going to work, you know. Um, so it truly is like you know it's it, it's 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 so good when you can have somebody that will you know do the work and put in the time and effort and you know really uphold their end of the bargain, and then when 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 you uphold yours, it's a it's a, it's a working strategy. It's absolutely brilliant when it happens. Uh, obviously, what have experience with? lazy clients or lifters or people that are a bit disillusioned by how much effort they have to put in but 
uh, you get the right amount in, it's just an absolute cracker of fire. It just going, it's brilliant. A hundred percent, no, most definitely. So you went from powerlifting and you are now competing heavily in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. How did that come about? Um, so obviously, like when I, I kind of you know decided, like I, I'm like I'm going to take a step away from competing in powerlifting. Um, yeah. I was like, right, I'm I'm also going to want to. I, I don't want to be 150 kilos anymore, you know, because you yeah. know that only served one purpose, and that was to be as strong as I as I as I possibly could. Um, and uh, so I was like, well, what, what, I was like, what do I do? Because like, I love lifting weights. I'm like, so I, I was like, that's not like that's not. Uh, I was like, that's not really enough. I was like, I, I want to do something, something, something else. And then my my big brother, um, he does um, uh, jujitsu, uh, and uh, you know he was competing, and you know he was, you know, you know really really you know good and whatnot and i was like right cool I was like, yeah. I'll, I'll go and i never and i i mean I, I never actually went with the intention of competing in anything. i i had no interest in yeah. competing in it um i just wanted to go and do something um that would help me burn some more calories that that's the truth because like i you yeah. know that 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 is it and i thought something to have fun and to lose yeah, a bit and, of and, and as well mate like i, I was down in Leeds was not Leeds, it's North Yorkshire. So I was the, I was in North Yorkshire and like like um the old like like Luke, who's like obviously one of my best mates, like he's yeah. fifteen he's fifteen minutes away. But see, apart from him, the only other people I know, mate, are like an hour away. Um, like Joe or Kieran and people like that, you know, who are also my best mates. Like they, they were like an hour's driveway and like doing jobs and all this stuff. So yeah. so like if I couldn't see Luke. I was just sitting in my flat myself, mate. Do you know what I mean? With, you know, nobody, nobody to you know do anything. So I thought, oh, well, if I go yeah. here, I thought if I go here, I'll even have an opportunity to like meet some people as well. And you know, um, I just think it'd be a, a wee bit, a wee bit more uh, fun and enjoyable. So, um, started going, and you know, it's it's such a it's such a steep learning curve. Um, oh, yeah. Like it's it's so like it's just so steep, mate. Like it's, it's, I mean, I've only been doing it now for I think maybe is it what what maybe f- fifteen months or sixteen months or something like that now. But yeah. and obviously, like that steep learning curve is going to continue for the next well until I stop doing jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? And you know, you know, like that that it's never ending. Rather be ten years, twenty years, but at the beginning, like it's just so steep, and it was. I, I just didn't really have I didn't really have a I didn't have a clue what was going on. So like I wasn't really like sure what to think about it, if that makes sense. I'm yeah. like, I don't even like I'm just like I don't even know like what's going on here. I'm just like I d I don't even like understand what's going on here, blah blah. This really makes much to any sense. But I like kept going and then around like the two two month mark I was like, right, I was like, I now at least know like what the positions are. So I was yeah. like, right, like, oh, that's close guard, or that's half guard, or that's butterfly guard. That. Yeah. Oh, Kyle, there for a minute, yo. And then I moved back home to Glasgow, <laughs> and, and I joined my brother's gym, and that's uh that that's quite a uh, that's got quite a like big amount of um competitors, like that's quite. A, like quite a like you get some schools which are like hobbyist schools and you get some schools yeah. which are like competition schools. I would say like this school's like a, 
kind of like a mixture of the two, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of people that yeah. go their hobbies, but there's also a lot of people that go that are like serious competitors. Um, See, I, I love the aspect of those gyms because I was the same uh, when I was doing Muay Thai. And anytime you get a new guy coming in, they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm just here to, to get in shape. And you're like, all right, all right. Then you have that one day where they do quite good in sparring, do quite good in like, you sure you know what to fight? And they're like, no, no, just, just for fitness. You're like, all right, nothing you do, all right. And then you plant that seed and they're like, oh, maybe maybe I will fight. And then you just keep yeah. asking them, like, so do you fancy it? Like, there's a competition or a fight, I could put you down for it. And then, um, well, like, our, our coach, for example, Marcos, like, Marcos is a, like a black belt European champion. Um, so, yeah. like, if people aren't on a are people unaware basically the 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 European Championships is actually like a bigger and more um competitive competition than the world championships and in, in Jiu-Jitsu. Like the Champions League. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, so like basically um the, the European Championships is held in is held in Portugal every year. And the World Championships is held in it's I think it's it's either like Las Vegas or California. I'm not completely sure what one it is. But basically, the Europeans has like a much wider, like has a has much more competitors attend it. If that makes sense, like much more people yeah. go, um, and like when you win, you get points, and basically the, the most amount of points you can win in the whole of the the IBJJF is the Euros. So like he's like black belt European champion, like um, and black like an ADCC trials world uh, uh, champion. Like he is just like you know absolutely cream of the crop, you know, he is like, you know, like, the absolute top, you know, so went there, and I was like, alright, like, cool, like, I'll just do this competition, and then did my first competition, um, and uh, won double gold, and I was like, oh, this is, this is quite good, and like, you know, I think, like, like, whether I like it or not, like, I am, like, just, like, I don't think I'm not ever going to be, be able to, like, not compete in something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I think I like I need that thing to compete in. So, just start competing, mate. And 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 so far, like, um, I got my blue belt. Uh, just literally like three, two or three weeks before lockdown started, which was unfortunate. But, um, That's a fast uh, track to a blue belt. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got it after. Um, I think I was nine months. Um, yeah. I think I was nine months, but um, basically I just got given it after winning the 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 the, the white belt European Championships. Yeah. Um, so basically I was like the best of like the people that don't know how to do jiu-jitsu um, so like it sounds it sounds it sounds like so much cooler than what it is like oh you're like a, a European champion and in jiu-jitsu and it's like well yeah but like, I white belt someone like, doesn't really um, but still, didn't you talk yourself short there's a lot of white belts out there that are just absolute mollers and a lot of people that have trained in jiu-jitsu i know a few boys and um, there's guys at my gym uh, they're called horse who's never belted but he's an absolute strangle bar machine right so you have a lot of things like that that happen in the sport and uh, obviously if you've got a blue belt and then for for reference it normally takes people about two years to get a blue belt yeah i i, I, I think about the average maybe maybe about 18 months to two years yeah yeah, normally they normally like equate it in mat time, but I imagine you're training a lot. And to be honest, if you're, I'd be fucking raging if I was a white belt in a competition and like, oh, you're coming up against the former world uh, world champion powerlifter, like fuck, <laughs> man. Yeah, well, I'd be fucking I remember, I remember after my second competition, um, that was the one before the Euros again. I, I 
I remember us, we, we all stand on the podium. Yeah. I remember I came off the podium and some, someone came up to the person that was in second place or third place uh, and was like, oh, don't worry, he was a world champion powerlifter. Uh, <laughs> just my head, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'm, I'm, not, even with this. I'm not even getting involved. I was like, no problem. Uh, I was like, I don't remember getting fucking taught a fucking Kimura at the World Championships, you cunt. No, I know. Um, the thing is, like, grapplers or um, fighters, a lot of them, even though it's such like a hardy sport, some people are super sensitive. They've got mate, very, you can't, very sensitive mate, egos. You, 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 mate, do you, you know what? Like, I got told this by um, uh, one of the boys at the gym who kind of is, like, you know, is a purple belt and, you yeah. know, absolutely, like... Uh, like you know, he, he he's like competes against black belts regularly and taps yeah. and wins black belt comps and stuff. You know, he's amazing. But he was like, mate, you're not gonna ever be able to win. He's like, because if a wee guy beats you, it's because jujitsu works. But if you win, it's because you're strong. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? So like you're he's like, you're never gonna be able to win. He was like, So just don't even like he's like just 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 get on with it. Ah, um, exactly. But like that is that like you can't win because like if I win it's because like, oh it's cause you're so strong. And it's like, but if you lose, it's like, oh, jiu-jitsu works. And it's like, yes. well, it's like, well, I'm kind of trying to do jiu-jitsu as well. Like, does my jiu-jitsu not work? Is it just because it's some strong? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, within, you're within the parameters of the sport, so they should be. Like, again, it's always like that. You'll always get, uh, egos get so hard in that sport. In any combat sport, not just uh, jiu-jitsu, but it's the same. And I have that as well when I spar with a few boys and that. And they're like, oh, you hit me, and I'm like, fucking, like, I've no fought in about six years, and I'm overweight, like, and they're like, oh, it's just because you're bigger. I'm like, nah, it's, I've done this for a lot longer, and like, I kind of know what I'm doing. So, like, uh, he, he, yeah, here's a, this is the thing, like, when I roll with my coach, Marcos, for example, right, and they've been yeah. like, black belt, like, he is, like, you know, one of the absolute best in the world, like, and he weighs 80 kilos, right? So I'm, I weigh 110. Yeah. Um, before lockdown, I was one twenty. Um, that well, I was one seventeen was what I was competing at. I'm now I'm now one ten. Um, nice. So I would say thirty kilos more than him. But yeah. then I think if we were to go and lift weights, I think like the the strength gap's even bigger than the weight gap between us, oh, right? Yeah. I can imagine. Now I physically can't do one thing to him when we roll. Not one. Like gen- genuinely, like I have never one positive offensive move on him ever. Like he. Yeah. He can literally do what he wants to me, like without without fail and without even trying. Like he can literally do what he wants to me. So, like a smaller, weaker person can absolutely like manhandle a bigger person. But oh, what people, what but what people but what people forget to add in is is that the skill gap needs to needs to be there for that to happen. Like size and grappling, like size and strength. Is so important, oh, but yeah. like when a when a smaller and weaker person can beat the bigger person is when the skill gap is is there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have, if you could like replicate my like jujitsu skills, which are shite, but if you could replicate like my jujitsu skills, um, and put them into somebody that weighs seventy kilos, and me and him were to go and roll, I would win mm-hmm. because we're the same skill Absolutely. level, but I'm bigger and stronger. But then if you like took somebody with 70 kilos but is like, you know, a purple belt or a brown belt or a black belt, they're they're gonna probably do what they want to me because because my size and strength isn't big enough. Isn't like their their skill gap is too big for my size and strength to, to even remotely try and overcome. 
Yeah, Do you know what just I mean? encompasses, and it's a, it's such a humbling sport. Anything to do with Quebec is so humbling. Uh, I take it you've had some experiences where you've had a wee guy strangled by you. Oh, um, every week. Yeah, that's mad. Every, every week, mate. Like, and it's not even like, not even, it's not even like, um, like, I know you. I, when you say that to someone, they're like, "Well, like, why even admit to that?" And it's like, "Well, who cares? Like, I'm there to get better, you know." Like, exactly. I'm there to get better. I'm there to like get better and improve. And for that to happen, I need to be. I need to like have people that are going to be able to do that to me and, and teach me and stuff. But oh, mate, every, every single week, like people, yeah, like without a doubt, like um, it's it, it just it just is what it is, like. And if and the, like the, the idea is. But if you stick around long enough, you'll eventually be the person. You'll be the person doing that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But do do you do? Is it just my tie you do? Or do you do as well? I've done a wee bit of jujitsu back in the day when I was training. Uh, I was I was fucking awful at it. Like I was getting okay. I done one competition and I got fucking beasted. Uh, I wasn't very good. I was. Because I was like extremely overweight before and I lost weight and I went in at the 90 kilo category. Really? These guys were monsters, but I was just, I just wasn't prepared and wasn't very good. I still came third out of three people, so that's cool. cool. I, went, I went home with a medal that one, one time, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, but no, I remember uh, there's a couple of times that I went about and changed to other places because I had a wee bit of a thing that I was going to do MMA, but it's just not for me to create the, the grappling. I'm just not great. It was much more preferred than Muay Thai, much more position with the striking. Uh-huh, yeah. Do you, do, you still, do you still train Muay Thai quite a lot? Oh, no, I used to, like, I was I was swithering where to come back, and it was, a, it was a really a few months ago. It was a heartbreaking story. I was, like, got on a gum shield. I was ready to go. I joined in the class. Uh, I was sparring, I was looking pretty fresh in sparring, landing good blows. And then uh, second last round, uh, somebody caught my leg and I tried to jump out and I tried to re-establish like, my, my foot on the floor, but then I went over it on the lateral side and then I went over it again on like the other side instead of just trying to like fall. So I, sprained, I double sprained my ankles. Oh, fuck uh, And I couldn't... I couldn't walk properly for a few days, and then after that, like my ankle got better, and I was like, "Oh, my knee feels a bit weird." So I actually sprained um, my knee as well. My MCL, sorry, I sprained my MCL, and that day, oh, I was like, "For fuck's sake!" So I couldn't even like squat for a while. But those um, things, because when I used to fight, oh, the last fight I was down at seventy-four kilos, and I'm only five nine. So again, at that point, I was still about my weight class, but. Too much yeah, pressure to go down, but if I go to Thailand or something next year, I might fight a taxi driver for a laugh or something. <laughs> just let's just hope he's not like some like ten time Muay Thai world champion. That's like yeah, in his fifties. They're all like that. They've all got like two hundred fights to their name in that. But you just be like, ah, I'll fight them. <laughs> you know, go for a laugh. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, oh, it's it's crazy how many fights. It's crazy how many fights they have, isn't it? It's just every week, every weekend, uh, there's something on. Um, although the times are quite respectful, like, see if you go in and you've done, like, a training camp, you have a few fights, see if, like, the skill gap is noticeable in the first two rounds. They'll take it easy on you for the last three. Oh, will they? Yeah, so a lot of time, and it's because um, the, the culture there is, like, these guys, it's how they make money, so they're fighting every week. So even if it's two 
proper Thai guys who are coming up in the ranks. If it gets to the fifth round and there's an obvious winner, they'll just take the round off. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I, uh, a lot of the time they'll just take the round off because they know they didn't want to hurt the guy's uh, income from they didn't want to not work for the next few weeks. And if they already know the winner, like the third, like the fourth round is really important, but if it gets to the fifth, they're like, ah, we'll just sort of take it easy a bit and then the winner wins. They're trying to like make sure they can make money in the next few weeks. That's crazy, isn't it? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's totally, crazy. It's totally different culture compared to Western culture when it comes to fighting. Oh, yeah, that would not happen, would it? No. This happened to me when I was getting molly whopped for a fight, and in the last round it was like, try and knock him out. I was like, aye, I'll go for that. But uh, totally different culture-wise. How many, how many uh, Mai Tai fights have you had? I had uh, four pro fights. Uh, I was fighting out of my weight class for the first three, and I lost uh, decisions. But it's one of those things where it's that lower pro level, like there's no point in arguing about it, you just accept it. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I should have lost any of uh, the first two anyway. How did you kind of, do you do you kind of miss my tie at all? Or? Yeah, I do miss it. I do miss the actual fighting aspect because I just love fighting. I love sparring. Uh, didn't miss the, the auxiliary activities you had to do. Do not miss having to cut that much weight. Oh, mate. That, again, that's why, like, like, that's, like, one of the, one of the reasons why I was like, all right, Fuck this! I'm going into like the hit the, the the super heavy class in powerlifting. Also, because I like wanted to lift the most of my weight possible. But also, because like I like fuck this! I'm not cutting weight anymore. Um, yeah. I remember the Commonwealth Championships. Uh, I like. I I still don't know what happened, but like my water load, my water cut just didn't go well. It just I I I like didn't change anything. Like it was spot on as always, but I just didn't lose weight. I remember I woke up the. The Merriman gave a two-hour weigh-in at these competitions, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I woke up and I was 127 kilos, and I had to lose seven. I, I, I had to cut seven kilos in the morning of the comp. Um. And uh, I remember walking to the. I remember a boy, boy, boy called Josh, and Owen, um, who are with me. Um, yeah. Who, if it wasn't for them, I, I, I probably wouldn't have successfully cut the weight. But um, I remember walking to the scales, um, and I remember like they were like holding me up. Yeah. I like I couldn't walk, and like and I like I think back and I'm like, was I just being like a dramatic little bitch? I'm like, was I being like a little bitch? And I was like, I actually don't think I was. I actually, physically, was like couldn't struggle to walk. Yeah, like I was like felt like I was almost like going in and out of consciousness, like in the in the bath, like because I was just cutting weight in the bath. Um, and like we were in South Africa as well, so like how hot it was. Yeah. Uh, I cut the weight though, like I cut seven kilos. So that's a that's a stone, you know what I mean. Um, and then I had, uh, I think, I think the, the the whole comp got delayed, so I had like four hours to to replenish. And luckily, I did. And I was luckily, I was actually had a pretty damn good performance, which makes no yeah. sense. Which makes no sense. Like I should like have not been able to perform well, but um, that kind of put me off cutting weight for good. And then like now I weigh so like at, at the so basically jiu jitsu like the. The, the weight classes, yeah. the way that works is the one under me is a un, under 100.5 kilos. Yeah. And then after that, it's plus 100.5. So you could weigh 101 kilos and fight someone that weighs 200 kilos, if that makes sense. There's no limit. Yeah, um, that was the same with the heavyweight works in Muay Thai, but it's like, I they're still based on Thai weights. So heavyweight was like 90 kilos plus. 
Yeah. So at so at the the Euros, I weighed one fifteen, and uh, in the the I think it was the quarterfinals. Um, I came up against a guy that weighed one fifty five. So he was like. Um, but like it wasn't it wasn't a good forty kilos, mate. Not do you know what I mean? And like, like, and and I wouldn't want I don't wouldn't want to like speak poorly of of anyone. But like from a strength perspective, like do you know what I mean? Like it, it like that's what was good as well. Was like it, like even though like, I was giving up forty kilos of body weight, like I didn't feel any strength. Like even like, to be honest, like the opposite. Do you know what I mean? So like, even yeah. now I weigh like one ten, um, and like. Like while I'm doing like jujitsu and stuff like that just now, and um, with my bra and whatnot, like I, I like I feel like this is like my best, but my best like performing weight. Um, but I'm like <laughs> I could go down to hundred, but I'm like nah, fuck that. I'll just compete in the heaviest weight class, and and I'll kind of hope that even if I give up a lot of body weight, that like nobody else will be coming from like my strength background. So hopefully, I'll still be stronger. Oh yeah, you're gonna have that remarkable. Uh difference compared to a lot of people and you're a big lad anyway yeah yeah like it's funny because i was actually speaking to um, one of my best mates Connor about this the other day like it's called my like Connor's like you know like six foot six and like 130 odd kilos yeah um, and like johnny he's like six foot and he's like 135 kilos and then like gary he's like 110 kilos and then like Luke looks like 160 kilos, um, and then like Joe, Joe's like 115. But like it's so funny because like I'm like, and then like, I've been 150 kilos at one point. So like all like these people that I'm all surrounded with are like so big that like now that I'm like, 110, I'm like oh I'm tiny. But like then in reality, compared to like a normal person, it's like I'm so fucking huge. But like it's just funny how like how like um, perceptions change doesn't change. Oh yeah, it's the same. I went through something similar because when I was training years ago at the first gym that I trained at, I was like one of the smaller guys when I lost weight. Everybody was like six foot plus, like like they were labourers or working class or they're big fucking strong boys. And I was the wee dweeby like skinny fat kid that was running about. And then when I opened my own gym and endangered MMA came in, all the guys, and I've obviously put on a bit of weight now, uh, I feel like a fucking monster compared to half of them. I'm like, Jesus, these are all midgets. <laughs> I'm only five nine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's hilarious. That's really funny. But like another thing as well, there's nothing worse, and I think it's a bit different when it comes to Thai. When it comes to jiu-jitsu, there's nothing worse than sparring with the big heavy boys that I've got a bit of grudge. Big guys a lot of time don't like being hit. Or do they not? <laughs> Oh no, no, a lot of them don't. See if you're a wee guy and you get a hit on them. I've been fucking rollicked by some big boys, like... Why, why do you think that is? Oh, they've got a bit of a damaged ego sometimes. Like, see if you're, like... Uh, I had this a lot, like, if you look... Yeah, if you don't hit the eye test, if you don't look like you should land a blow on them, and if you do, a lot of them get frustrated and angry. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's like... It's like anything, and like the pursuit of trying to like truly get better at something, you 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 you've got to actually kind of get rid of that ego. Like ego, ego, ego is a good ego is a good thing. Like ego is a good thing, but it's like a good thing. It's it, it's it's like in context, isn't it? Uh, it needs to be checked constantly. Like ego is a very good thing, but it's in context. Like if you are a beginner at something, 
or like you are like if you're like a beginner at something or you're truly wanting to continue to improve at something like you're going to have to put yourself in situations that like that like if like you like live and die by a huge ego you're you're never going to you're like you're 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 never going to be built you're never going to put yourself in the positions to truly get better exactly and there's that, that saying where it's white belt mentality yeah you have to constantly be looking at things in life that you actually want to learn and get better and actually attract and like uh go towards things with a, a new like a perspective that you're you could always be better a hundred percent and like you know it's like yeah. it's like yeah like obviously like um it's it's just like anything it's it's like you know like a lot i think like a lot of really big people big guys and people with like big egos or like people who Maybe like have you know just have big egos and stuff like oh I'm gonna go like jujitsu because like oh no fuck like getting tapped by like some wee like skinny guy that like yeah. that I, you know what I mean it's like well it doesn't matter like it doesn't it doesn't matter do you know what I mean like yeah. like it just like it, it, like people almost take things too seriously you know it's like in the gym like, you're not at a competition it's not like, that's different like that's when like ego's good. Yeah. Do you mean at a competition and like, you know, like that's when having a bit of an ego can be really good because you're like, you know, like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like, that's when having a wee bit of ego is, like, is good. And it's like, you've got to like control it and use it like um, constructively. But like in the gym and stuff like that, like, you've got to be willing to put yourself in situations where you're going to lose and get, because like, the only way to truly get better at something is to, is to do it. And if you do something and you're not good at it, you're you're going to lose to begin with. Exactly, and that's the only way you get better. I remember, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, I probably have and people will shout at me, but I remember, I was back in my days, I was back in five training, and there was this new boy that came to the gym, big, 100 kilo boy, like six foot odd, ripped to shreds, but a big boy, yeah. And we were chatting away to him and like, said, oh, I used to train at the Grip House, and they're like, Grip House is a fucking legitimate, like, one of the best Thai gyms in the UK, maybe even the world, but like, oh, this boy might be serious. And we were sparring about, and didn't look great. Didn't look that great. And then I had a shot with him, and bearing in mind, this guy is a, a monster compared to me. And I was like, oh, I'll try a wee spinning back kick. Like, I never throw any spinning shit, and I had it, and I slammed him right in the liver, and dropped him like a deck chair he folded. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, did I just fucking spark out like a newbie, a guy that's still great at this. I was like, fuck. I'm like, no. Turns out the guy was a fucking monster. He had about 20 plus interclub bouts. The only reason he hadn't fought is because they couldn't find a match for him because everybody was that scared of him. And after that day, every sparring session, he beat the living piss out of me. Every day. <laughs> every day. Like, he would, anytime we sparred, he'd be all right. But as soon as the bell went, his face and everything changed. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. Um, we couldn't get him a fight. Like, as soon as they heard 100 kilos counting beef, they were like, that. Nah, not matching with him. He's first Seriously? professional. Yeah, they couldn't find anybody to fight him at that level in Thai. His first uh, bout was for a British heavyweight boxing title. How did he get on? Uh, he lost. Uh, it was a guy, Big John, a uh, big fat guy, but brilliant boxer, like proper professional. Eh? Just put him out in the second round, uh, just lacking experience, but. Again, nobody would fight him. <laughs> so, like, uh, do you fancy fighting? Is that because of, of the way? Because is that because of the way he looked, or? 
No, he was he was good as well, but he was just a fucking. You know when you look at something like he's a natural animal, like a, a natural beast. Um, uh-huh. In a professional boxing bout after that, not even tie, and he beat the boy in a second. I think he beat the boy by decision. And then after that, he just walked on to a pro rugby team. Yeah. Just one of those guys, eh? Like, literally went in, trained, and I think he just got, like, just got to play no problem. Just. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. What age was he? Pardon me, I think he was similar age to me. He was probably around about 20 at the time. Right. I, I think his name was Callum. Can't remember. He was a nice guy, but man, push, push. Just when you see like a natural, physical born athlete, you're like fucking hell. They exist. They, you know what I mean? They. Yeah. That's like the. It's like um, like you get like big, really big, strong guys, and you get like really big, strong, athletic guys. Do you know what I mean? And that's the that's the difference. Oh, it was outstanding. It was great when my coach would go and spar with him because he was like, he needed somebody to push him back and pressure him because none of us could do it because he was just so big and strong. And then even my coach, when he would do it, he would batter him for like one or two rounds and he'd have to take a break. He was like, man, that takes it out. You're having to walk somebody down that's that big. Yeah. You, you, mate, forever you bat, fucking dropped him a spinning back kick. Exactly. And he always remembered that. <laughs> he, he, he actually probably will mate that's the funny thing he actually probably will always remember that oh man it was one of the best days of my life <laughs> that's hilarious that's that's funny because I always tell and it's like when I tell the story it always sounds like I'm bragging that I beat up a guy and I'm like no I beat the hell of a shit out of me like every time after that mate mate you've you got to brag you've got to brag about when when something no one else is going to do it for you, mate. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to do it for your... Exactly. Some of that ego sometimes. Exactly. Exactly, mate. That's right. So where do you see your future in the sport? Do you think you'll maybe take that transition over to MMA? Um, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, it's, to, to be honest, like right now, like I think like... Uh, I just want to. I want to really just focus on, um, like rest, wrestling, jiu jitsu, um, and kind of see where you know where 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 they end up with regards to MMA. Like, I don't know, but right now, like, I think like the the, the focus is definitely just like let's like see how good I can get at jiu jitsu and wrestling, and, just and really kind of and really kind of try to, um, you know, get onto like some really big like invitationals and. Uh, and, and and really kind of try and like do do as good as I can with like jujitsu, and obviously like, yeah. I, I go to wrestling to like supplement my jujitsu. So I put, I'd, I'd like to do some wrestling competitions as well. Um, <laughs> but like definitely never say never. But I think like definitely the main focus is like just kind of like really try and see how far I can kind of take jujitsu. Probably a good chance for you to get on Scottish Commonwealth wrestling team. Eh? Um. Oh, I I I, I don't know, mate. Um. I I, I think like. Uh, like um, I I I like I I don't think I'm my my plan would be to like like kind of try and like like focus like solely on wrestling if that makes sense to like do something like that yeah. like like the like, I I absolutely love wrestling but like the the kind of main kind of motivation to go into wrestling is to kind of supplement like you know to enhance my jiu yeah my jiu jitsu yeah mate uh huh but um no wrestling is really good fun like it is really good fun to be fair.
And you get to use a singlet as well, so you get to save a bit of money. <laughs> yeah, I I'll fucking rock up with one of my one of my um one of my SBD singlets. I'm sure that they fucking they'd love that. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Uh, just is a brilliant sport. Um, do you think you'll ever get that big Eddie Bravo invitation? Um, oh mate, for fuck those man, like just just <laughs> one, one step at a time. Do you know what I mean? Like. I'll do my, my first my first blue belt competition and try and see how I get on with that and then just yeah, just one step at a time, mate. Like um like under kind of no dis like 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 disillusions with like you know, like the with with with, with the sport and stuff like that. Like just kind of one step at a time and just try and like not be shy at it. It's like the first step. Um and then kinda of go from there. Yeah, just because it's a totally different sport compared to comparative to powerlifting, obviously because you know exactly what you can hit in training, and you obviously have a perspective of like I can probably hit this in competition. When it comes to jujitsu, there's so many different things that can happen to you on the day. Oh yeah, well like you could just come up against somebody that's just better than you. Yeah, absolutely. Because like in powerlifting, like you could come up against somebody that is just better than you, but like you can still hit all your lifts and all your weights, and you can still hit PBs and have a good day. But like in jujitsu, like you could walk out someone sub you five seconds, and that's not a good day for nobody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it is different. Like it is different because like powerlifting, like no matter what, you still get to do your nine lifts, and you can still hit PBs and still have a good day. And even even if someone's better than you, don't win. Like you still have a good day and get to display all of your hard work. But you could walk out onto the mat and get something five seconds, and like you know what I mean, you're not displaying anything, like. <sighs> Exactly, you can get a big flash finish and some guy can throw on a flying arm bar and be like, what the fuck just happened? Or, hopefully, you'd be the one that fucking go out and sub the guy in five seconds and, and then, and then, you know, you do get to show off all your hard work. But yeah, no, it's, it is different because there's somebody that's trying to stop you doing all of your moves and, do you know what I mean? And they're trying to do all of theirs to you, all of theirs to you. Yeah, it's a totally different aspect of sport. No, definitely, mate. 100%. That's right. So, have you got how is everything coming with the coaching and how is that? Uh, how do you see that sort of expanding in the next year or so? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, mate. Like, I'm, I just, I have been coaching now for oh, a long time since I was nine, 19. So, I'm that's yeah. like coming on seven years now. Um, yeah, it's great, mate. Like, it's um, just like that's my. My, my number one kind of focus with 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 regards to powerlifting now is just kind of coaching full time and just kind of like yeah just help help people that are you know want to be coached by me kind of you know realize you know achieve their goals and their dreams and and kind of allow them to kind of get as strong as they can possibly get and and just help them and um the way I see it going mate it's just just like the same way it has been going like you know like um no like mad grand like expansions and for that like just keep doing what i'm doing and um hopefully just like be able to coach and help as many people as i possibly can just deliver the best service you can yeah exactly mate just like keep just like keep improving as a coach you know like i would like to think that like um me me now is like a far superior coach to i was like you know a year or two ago and i'd hope in a, in a year or two it'd, it'd be like the same progression so yeah just kind of keep trying to get better myself and improve myself and, and, and do that. 
it's one of those things like if you don't look back at yourself like a year or two years ago and go what the fuck was I doing you're not like you always want to sort of be learning yeah of course like that that's it like there's um you know if you're not moving forward you're you're stagnating and nobody wants that you know like I want to continue to like serve serve the people I coach as best as I can and I look to I look to them to continue to get better and become more knowledgeable and um and, and just just become a better a better coach um you know in in, in every single aspect. Exactly, man. Do you think uh, we could see you back powerlifting in the next few years? Um, I'm not sure, mate. Like, I, I, there's there's definitely a there's definitely a, like a like a, a couple of numbers in deadlifts um that that I never quite achieved that I, that I would like to achieve someday, mm-hmm. but um. I think for the foreseeable future and for the next few years, definitely not because I, I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really kind of want to kind of see how far I can like take jujitsu and how good I can get jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. like even like right now, like I, I would say I'm still sitting about a 300 kilo deadlift right now. So not trying too much. That's still mad numbers. Yeah. So like I'm right now, like I'm sitting about a 300 kilo deadlift. Um, Sitting probably about a 170, 170 pause bench, um, 300 deadlift. Not sure about squats. Uh, I've not really been, not really been squatting, but benching and deadlifting. Like yeah, I would say I'm probably maybe 170 bench, 300 um, deadlift. But like bench wise, mm-hmm. like I'm, I've not, I'm not really like, I'm never going to probably surpass what I, what I hit um, bench wise. Um, but deadlifts, I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm, I maybe could one day, um, and not have to go up to like, cause like bench, like I was 150 kilos, um, yeah, you know. But I feel like when I was like my biggest deadlift ever was when I was like 147, 150. But I yeah. feel like at about 130, I probably had the ability to be as strong at deadlifts as I was at 147. But obviously, um. Like I was squatting and benching before I deadlifted at that point. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. like now, if I was to ever go back, it would just be for deadlifts. Um, but like, no, like I think like now, like my goal is just to get as good as I can at grappling. Just see how far I can take it, and and you know maybe maybe in 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 ten years or so, um, go and try and tick off a an eight hundred pound deadlifter, something like that. That's kind of my thought process. But you, you never quite know. Yeah. I'll probably cross that four hundred line. I, I I'm not sure about that, mate. I, I think that would. <laughs> yeah, I, I, again, I think that would take me have to take me back to the way I live my life from like the age of sixteen to yeah. 20, 24 years old before I did the powerlifting, um, and not have to do anything else. But I think I could maybe, maybe like maybe like maybe one time, maybe maybe in like seven eight years. I could probably put just put a lot more focus back on to deadlifting to get to that eight hundred pound mark. Um while still like being able to like do jujitsu. Obviously I'd have to like you know, change change a lot of stuff. But that's the only the only thing I could see myself come back to is to try and get an eight hundred pound deadlift in comp. Um that's the only thing that, that would really interest me, but for now, it's definitely just like I just want to focus on grappling and see how good I can get and how far, what, and, and if I can kind of do anything in it. Absolutely good focus. That's brilliant. 
I would obviously it'd be great to see you back on the platform again, but you need to pursue the things that make you happy and what actually stokes your fires. No, definitely, mate. That's life's life's too short to life's too short to not kind of do what you want, isn't it? You know, because you could be doing something and pursuing something that you don't really want to do, and you know, next thing you know, you you fucking something happens and you're not here anymore, and it's, it's open for what you know. So it's got to do what you you got to do what you want to do, and you've got to kind of be true to yourself. Exactly, man. Good poignant messages here. So I'll take that time just to sort of wrap up. Uh, Mark, if you've got anything to plug, just fire it on. Uh, no, I'm I'm all good, mate. No, but thanks, thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. That's no worries at all. Uh, you could, I'm sure you could just find Mark McQueen if you're interested in any coaching or any jujitsu videos. Just check him out on the old Instagram. Yeah, it's just, it's literally just my name. If you if you type it in, I've got two. I've got a kind of personal page. Um, and then I've got a coaching page as well. So if you just type my name, I think both of them should show up. That's perfect. Thanks very much for listening, y'all. We out.